Welcome to Gideon Dancers Podcast, where we spend time delving deep into the Word of God. We are glad to have you here and we pray you are blessed. Gideon Danso is the global lead pastor of Empowerment Worship Center, where God lives. In this sermon, he teaches on the God culture. From wherever you are listening to us, we hope this sermon blesses you and shifts you from where you are to where you spiritually belong. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the verse number 12, the verse number 26, we read a new King James version of the Bible. We stand together and reach together. The Bible says, one to go for us. The body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. As 15 says, if the foot to say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? 16. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? 17. And if the whole body were an eye, what would be the hearing? And the whole were hearing, what would be the smelling? Verse 18. But now God has set the members, each of them, in the body just as he's pleased. And if they were all one member, what would be the body. Verse 20 says, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Verse 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Verse 22, No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. Verse 20. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that which lacks it. Verse 25 says that there should be no schisms in the body. But the members should have same care for one another. Verse 26, loud, I'll read to also. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Is that a good word? Is that a, is it just a, a powerful word? Before you are seated, walk to someone and tell the person, the God culture, the God culture, the God Welcome to the new series we call The God Culture. Please take your seat. Give God a praise. Let's love our need of blessed life. Let's appreciate them. You can clap your hands better than you're doing. So we want to thank God for an amazing, successful Circles lunch last Sunday. It was amazing. It was awesome. Once again, I'd like to thank all those who um, came here to, 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 to sit with me at the panel to do the discussion and thank you for um, working with the vision 
and believing in what God is doing in this house was awesome. It's already um, making moves and inroads and getting stuff worked. We already see a, a great increase, <coughs> excuse me, in our, in our Tuesday services. But like I said, circles is not just for Tuesdays, it's for our whole um, system and church and service on Sunday and everything. We still meet to connect and tell somebody, I hope you are in a circle. And demand an answer right now. Please demand an answer right now. Um, okay, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll deal with those. We'll deal with all those, all those people. All those people. We'll get to that. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But on the back of that, coming from that, I believe the Lord laid on my heart to begin to teach this uh, new series, the God Culture. It's so important because I believe that Empowerment Worship Center is a really family church. And that is not to say that there are no problems. Um, in every family, there are real stuff, you know. But the good thing is that we keep believing and we keep pressing to make it better, to make it the, the ministry that God originally ordained um, to be. Uh, we are blessed to be a very gifted church, a very strong prophetic praying church. We see miracles and see um, wonders and testimonies every day. But really and truly the emphasis of our ministry or the main focus of our ministry is not just a prophetic. In fact, empowerment as God gave me a vision is to set up a place like family. A family for the unchurched, the de-church, the broken, the hurting, and practically just people who ordinarily would never have gone to church. So um, we don't only zero in on the prophetic to be the medium or the channel as, as, as an inlet. I encourage mothers and, 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 and parents to please take your kids to our kids church. We have such an amazing um, team out there at the kids church that trust me, they will take care of your children. You gotta, you gotta trust the leadership of this church. We have, we have a place for kids from day one to, um, I think the number is thirteen. So please, um, I know you love your children and you care about your children and want to be with them and love on them. But I tell you, the Bible says, train up the child the way that he should grow, and when he grows, he will not depart from it. And the training of the child starts with the word of God, setting an atmosphere for them to grow. So I encourage all of you parents to please um, take your children to the Kiss Church. Um, um, we have great, 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 great committed people there who are doing a great job, and so you, 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 we need to do that. So, so empowerment is a place of a family. And that's why our Sunday service is actually called family service. Um, it's not power night. It's not prophetic service. It's not, um, and so it's family because we believe in the concept of family as, as the way for the church to go. And so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking on the God culture. Why is that important? It is important because we believe in Christian lifestyle. We believe in being, being a child of God is not just on Sunday. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a way of life. I, I've, I've often 
I've often struggled of, uh, to answer when I say, is Christianity a religion? Yes, it is a religion in the sense of, um, of, 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 you know, explanation and conversion. But really, Christianity is, 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 is not also a religion. In fact, Christianity is a way of life. Simple. If you ask me what is Christianity, I'll say Christianity is a way of life. And, and as we go in, you understand. So, we're talking about a God culture. What is a culture? What is a culture? I'm just going to try to lay one foundation and we'll build upon it over the next few weeks. Um, what is a culture? Whenever we talk about a culture, we mean the way of life of a group of people. The way of life of a group of people. Culture is simply defined as the way a group of people live. The way of life of a group of people. The way a group of people live, especially those of us who are from Ghana um, or Africans, um, um, we understand culture because we are we are very we are we are we are people of culture. We have culture. It is it is African. And you, you know, um, I met I met some some Nigerian friends. Um, uh, in fact, this one was. Let me just one time I met a Nigerian who actually uh, knows me through social media and wanted me to pray um, for her and a Heathrow Terminal 5 and she saw me at Heathrow Terminal 5 and she lies flat posture and hold my leg. You know, I was quite I don't want to use the word embarrassed, but it was a lot. Oh, she was shouting, she laid prostate head. I'm sure people didn't understand that. And, and, and as much as it's reverence, it's biblical, a part of that is also cultural. That when you see people, you show extreme level of respect, especially if you honor them and respect them and revere them and believe that they can, they can impact something to you. It's part of our culture. We Africans have got culture. I believe that. Ghanaians, hello. Um, you never know. Uh, you sit here looking so Christian, looking so spiritual. Wait until somebody dies in your house. Then you know that every tradition, everything begins to come. And you'll be shocked. The same people speaking in tongues, doing it literally from the other. But they were doing it because it's part of our culture. You're born again, but you still won't marry somebody from Ashanti or ever because you believe that Evers are like this and Ashantis are like this, and we are believers. Hello, can I preach right now? Can I go there? Can I go there? We 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 are, we are people of culture, and 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 we we'll deal with that. So 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 when we we can understand culture because we are people of culture, it's the way of life of a people. That is that is and this way of life is seen number one in their beliefs. In their beliefs, okay, in, in their practices, their behaviors, their food, their dressing, and even their relationship. So, um, I mean, others have a way of life. Um, they, they have their language. Hello? Um, I don't know. I, I've lost my ever flow, but, you know, can I get any ever in the house? And of a voter region, can we give God praise for all our voterian brothers and sisters? Hello. Come on, give God praise for them, man. They are clear will cry today after service. Amen. Anybody from Ashanti region? Ashanti, where are all my Ashanti? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Where are all my gun people? My gun people. Come on. Can I see your hands right now? Where are all those from the north? Whether it's from Dagomba or Kusasi or... Come on. Can I see your hands right now? Any Achim brothers in the building? Sister, come on. Give God prayer. So, any fantasies in the house right now? Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Am I missing something? Am I missing something? Uh, Bruno people in the building, can I get help? Oh my, Bruno brothers in there. What about Enzimas in the building? Anybody from, from Enzima from Common Kramer Town? Hello, come on. Come on, can I, where else? Where else? Krobos in the house, Adangbis in the house. So we have different, what? That would be about, there's a lot about, let me. We are a lot. We are a lot. Hello? Any, 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 any Oibo people in the building? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, so we understand culture. And once I, once I, um, I started mentioning things like Asantis and Achims and Evers and, and, and Enzimers and Gans and you, something comes to your mind right there. Something comes to your mind. And so what is coming to your mind, you begin to see that when we talk about culture, we're talking about beliefs, practices, language, behavior, food, dressing, relationship. The same is true in Christianity. Christianity has got a culture. So that means that Christianity, being a child of God or being a part of the family of God, means that we have beliefs. We do have belief. How many of you believe that we have beliefs? We have belief. We believe in God. We believe in God the Father, the Trinity. Hello? We believe in God the Son and God the Holy, the Holy Spirit. We believe in life after resurrection, life after death. We believe that we believe that when we die in the natural, it's not the end. There's life after death. We believe in the power of salvation. We believe, come on, talk. We believe, we believe that when we pray, God hears. Are you me at all? We believe that our God answers prayers. We we believe in baptism, the Holy Spirit. We believe in tongues speaking. Are you me at all? We've got belief, we've got practices. What are our we are, we, we are practicing such as prayer. Prayer is a practice. Prayer in its original idea had really nothing to do with need. Prayer in its original idea had everything to do with communion, connection, fellowship. The Bible says that whenever we pray, we engage God. He does speak it in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. How be to God? He speak it mystery. So prayer is a practice. It's something that we don't only employ when we have a need but it is something we believe in and practice. So when we wake up in the morning we connect to God. When we drive we connect to God. Before the day end we connect to It's a practice. We believe in giving. Giving is a practice. Come on, come on. We believe in giving. It's a part of our practice. We believe in tithes. We believe in offerings. We believe in sowing seeds. It's a practice. Are you near at all? We believe. We believe in baptism. It's a practice. One of our we we practice baptism. We we practice prayer and giving. We have a Christian behavior. We have a Christian food, a Christian language, a Christian dressing, Christian relationship. Christ 
was introducing to us culture when he taught in John's gospel, chapter 14 and the verse number 6. He said, he, is, he, said, he said, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus here was talking about culture, lifestyle. He said, the only way you can connect to the Father is to come through me because I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. This means that unless you believe and live and approach God the way Jesus says it, you don't stand a chance. You only stand a chance when you come through the way, the truth and the life. That is Jesus. Jesus, I am the way. I'm the truth and the life. That suggests culture. That suggests a way of life. That if you want to be a Christian, the way to Christianity or the way to God is through Christ. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. Come on, tell someone and say, say lifestyle. Say lifestyle of the believer, of the believer. This idea suggests culture. The culture of God, therefore, is the kind of life that God has given us in Christ. Living the way Jesus wants us to live. Can I ask a question? Do we believe that Jesus has a way he wants us to live? If you believe, let me see my hands. If you believe that there's a way that Jesus wants us to live, please ask us, do you believe? Come on, say, 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 do you believe that there's a way that Jesus, oh, you're not talking to somebody that says, don't talk, talk to us. Say, say, do you believe that there's a way that Jesus wants us to live? If you, if, you, if you believe in the affirmative, say yes. Is it true? There's a way. That way becomes our culture. Jesus said, I am the way. There's a way. There's a life. There is a belief. There's a practice. There's a this Christian lifestyle. That is our Christian culture. And that is the life that God wants us to live. I want that to enter your spirit. So important. So when you begin to understand that, you begin to then ask, what way is he expecting me to live? And that am I living that life? For in him was life. And that life we have Christian beliefs. We have, we have Christian language. In my name, they shall speak with new tongue. It's a language. Who told you we don't have a language? We have a language. We have Christian language. We have a way we speak. Our conversation is full of grace. Seasoned with salt. We have Christian language. Tongue speaking is a language of our tribe. In our tribe, we speak faith. Faith is a Christian language. We have Christian practice, prayer, giving, service. Christian believe, we believe in God. We believe that Jesus is not a prophet. Jesus is the son of God. Are you with me at all? That's our belief. We believe in life 
after death. We believe that the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we that are alive, we shall be caught up and meet the Lord. In the, and so shall we be with him. We believe that. Don't get it. Christianity is not just anything goes. And my assignment over the next few weeks is to teach you or walk us through what is Christian culture? What is Christian lifestyle? And do we have any after? We do, yes. We do. We do. I started by saying, in order for us to appreciate our Christian culture, I started, I define culture as a way of life of a group of people. These people, first of all, be, for, for there to be a culture, there must be a people. So if Christianity has got a culture, then who are the people? We must know, we must know it is a culture for which people. Christianity has got a people. These people in the church or in Christianity is referred to as the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Tell somebody the culture of God is for the body of Christ. There cannot be a culture of Asantis where there are no Asante people. There cannot be a culture of Ewers where there are no Ewer people. There cannot be a culture of whatever tribe you came from, you come from, unless it's a people who are the people of who are the people that makes Christianity. We are called the body of Christ. Please tell us we are the body of Christ. Come on, loud, say we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And who is this body of Christ? So important because when we understand who we are, then we're going to understand what life that God wants us to live. My God, these people are one body but yet many faces. We see in our scripture, in our text that Paul describes the body of Christ. And Paul says, Paul goes on to say that he said that even though we are one body, yet we are all not one person, but people from different walks of life that makes the body of Christ. So Paul said, we are one body, but yet many members. We are one body, but many parts. So who are we? We are one body. We are one people. We are the body of Christ, but who makes the body of Christ? Many members. Many members, many people, we are one body with different faces. Christianity is a group of body called the body of Christ. Which body is one but with many faces? Many faces. Do you know, do you know who we are? We are one body with many faces. In other words, we probably all don't really look alike, but we are still one body. We probably all don't look black or white or brown or blue or short or tall or big. But we are one body with many faces. I love to see different faces. Come on, talk to me, Ryan. Come on, I love to see different faces. Tell someone, I, I love the way you look. 
because we are supposed to be one body with different style, different look, different background, different story, different experience, different issues. I don't know how you got delivered, but thank God. I don't know your story. I don't know your journey. I don't know where you came from or where you have been to, but I know our connection. Our connection is the cross. Our connection is the team of the gospel. Our connection is the cross. There's a place that we converge. There's a place that we meet. There's a place of our connection. There's a place of our unity and bond. There's a place that makes us one. It's a cross. The Bible says we've been made to drink from one spirit. Though we are many bodies. Who is the body of the body of Christ? It's a it's one body by many faces. We are one body by many faces. And I want to thank God for the different faces in the house of God. Anybody excited right now? Come on. Anybody excited right now? Give somebody a point and tell the person. We are one but with different faces. Hey, hey. I got you right there and I'm done preaching. Tell somebody. I may not look like you but we are still one body. I may not smell like you smell but we are still one body. I may not be like you right now but we are still one body. Thank God that our differences does not break us apart. Our differences makes us strong, makes us powerful. We are one unit. The devil is a liar. The body of Christ consists of one body but many faces. The blue, the black, the brown, the yellow, the indigo, but we come together. Oh my God, I feel like preaching to somebody right now. Your clapping is sick in the building. I, I, I came to just bless you. I came to just exalt you. I came to just lift you up. I came to just bring you to the place. The place of who we are. Who are we? We are one body with many faces. Paul says, the body. So for, for, for there to be a body... There must be many parts. So we are one body with many parts. So is Christ. We are different faces, but we make one body. Many parts, but one body. Many parts, but one body. The devil is a liar. I'm so excited to announce to you that we are one body with so many faces. That's why every Sunday you come here, we are called the body of Christ, but we have different faces. I'm too excited that you get to see different people from different backgrounds and different stories, but redeemed by the blood. Redeemed by the blood. There's one blood that saves you. There's one blood that redeems you. There's one blood that rescues you. There's one blood that runs through our system, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ. What makes you a human? You see, what makes me connected to Pastor Samuel? Pastor Samuel is truly my brother, but he's black and I'm a little bit light. Hello. I'm taller than Pastor Samuel. For the first time, I guess somebody I'm taller than her. But the truth of the matter is that one blood runs through our system. Our differences is not connected. 
who we are not defined by the way he looks or the way I look. Probably maybe handsome than me. Pastor Samuel is so cool. I thank God for that. But it's my brother. And what connects us is not anything natural, but the blood that runs through us. What connects us as Christians is not what shirt you wear, what shoe you are wearing, where you live, what car you drive, where your house is. It's the blood of Jesus that runs through our body. It's the blood. There's a central place. There's a place of connection. A place of power. That place is the blood. Let the redeem of the Lord send. So anybody redeemed by the blood, clap on and slap right now. And shout and say yes. One body. Many faces. Who? Now, Paul established so many churches. And, and, and one of the complex churches that Paul ever established, complicated, let me say, will be the church of Corinth. But I love the church of Corinth. What a church. They were speaking in tongues, manifesting their gifts. And yet someone is sleeping with the father's wife. I mean, what a church. Can we talk about the church in Corinth? I mean, this is a church that Paul said, women, shut up. Hello? I'm reading about like, Paul, they said, yeah, yeah. Because it was a situation. And, and, and we can explain that. There, there was stuff that was happening in the Corinthian church that made, the church very, made that church a very unusual church. But I thank God for that because their story becomes the blueprint of solutions for the things we are dealing with today. So Paul took time and dealt with stuff that we were dealing with. And one of something that Paul dealt with in the church of Corinth was division, disunity. Disunity. Different faces. So sometimes our different faces can get us to stay in an extreme place. Because you don't look like me, you don't talk like me, you are not coming from I'm coming from you, you don't have my spirit. We no no, we don't correct, we don't meet. Are you right now? I did a circle. <coughs> and in the circle, there are different people in the circle. I wish they were sitting in our circles. But we'll do that one of these situations. We'll come to you, we'll sit in our circle. So Paul is dealing with division, and the division is coming from the story, the, the situation between Paul and Apollos. First Corinthians chapter 3, and the verse number. Four to nine. Let's, let, let, let's take that. Who then is Paul? Who, who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe as the Lord gave to each one. Verse six says, let's go. I planted Apollos waters, but God gives the, gave the increase. This Paul. Let's go. So then neither he who plants anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Verse nine, eight, he said, now, now when we plant now, he who plants and he who waters are one. Each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9 says, for, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and you, you are God's field and you are, you are God's building. So we take another scripture. Let's start from um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 1. No, no, let me just stay here. Let me just say. So Paul, Paul is dealing with a situation of disunity. What's the problem? Paul set up the church in Corinth. He planted the church. And then at some point, Apollos, another man of God, comes to 
continuing the work that Paul did. He waters. He waters by preaching, by teaching, by, by pastoring. And then as the church grew, there's a confusion. Some members in the church, I'm for Paul. Others say, I'm for what? Apollos. So there's a problem of sharp division to the point where I believe in Paul's teachings. I believe in Apollos' teachings. I am a member of Paul. I'm a member of Apollos. We don't mix. We don't cross. We don't connect because we are from different backgrounds, different stories, different experiences, different teachings, different doctrines, different understanding, different places. We don't connect. And that's the challenge Paul is dealing with. Of a subcontract, and whether we believe it or not, today in the body of Christ we have Apollos members and Paul's members. Today we are the body of Christ can connect. There's no unity because there are those who believe in Gideon's teachings, there are those who believe Pastor Samuel's teachings, there are those who believe in uh, Prophet Gideon, there are those who believe in Dr. Otter, there are those who believe in Dr. Archbishop, there are different kinds of beliefs. There are those who are saying we are Protestants, we are Catholics, we are Charismatic, we are Pentecost, all kinds of stuff going on in the body. And Paul, in response to this disunity, tells somebody, our differences does not divide us. Say, our differences reveals our beauty. Come say, there's, 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 there's beauty in differences. Come on. You got to say, say, there's beauty in differences. Oh, yeah. So Paul now, in addressing the crisis, in the church of Corinth, now begins to take us through who we are. Who we are. Hence, that is going to help me talk about who we are as a people. Because if we are going to have culture, we must know who we are. Who are we? Paul said we are one body, but with different faces. So when I read the scripture, the, the three words we are going to consider in order to reveal who we are. Number one, we are looking at diversity diversity in order for us to find a place of unity and a place of who we are as a people we must know that we are people of diverse backgrounds diverse story and I thank God for that and it's a blessing tell someone there's a blessing in our diversity please say it loud say there's a blessing in our diversity, you are not seeing it. So there's a blessing. So let's start from verses 12 of chapter 12. Let's start from verse 12 of chapter 12. Paul, Paul says, now, for as the body is one and has many members, but all, all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Paul is now using the human body to begin to reveal, to begin to deal with the confusion. So, so just as the body is one, but has got many members, many members, many parts of the body, so is the body of Christ that we are one body but there are many parts many giftings, many anointings, many graces many mantles, many opportunities there are many background, many stories, we in order for us to grow as a church and appreciate who we are as a body of Christ, we must first appreciate our diversity, what is our diversity, our background we all did not come from the same place we have come from different walks of life but thank 
all for the power of the blood that binds us together as one. Then Paul continues to say in the verse number 13, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether what Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. Now Paul begins to use this, this groupings, the ancient grouping or categories to begin to deal with, 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 the, with the complications of the division in the body. Now Paul now talks about the different background and he used scenarios and words like the people like the Jews, the Greeks, slaves and free. And some people have, someone have twisted this scripture and said the Bible was confirming slavery. No, 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 we'll deal with that later. The Bible was not dealing with slavery and confirming slavery. People may have abused it in their own way, but that's not what Paul was talking about. Paul was now talking about the different categories of people at that ancient time and using that to relate to us as a body of Christ. And Paul said, there are Jews. There are Jews. There are Jewish people. And today, in the church, we have Jews in the church. There are people, I will call them Jews. Who are the Jews of the church? Those who already know God to some level. There are people today who are in empowerment, but before you came to empowerment, you already knew God to some level. Can I get my hands right now? You were born to a Christian family. Hello? You were baptized. You were confirmed. Hello? Can I talk to you right now? Your parents talk to you about God. You know about God. You know that God, I mean, I grew up like that. You know, I grew up, I grew up a Presbyterian um, in, in a house. You have to go to church. We don't go to church. You'll be beaten. Uh, my grandfather will slap you. And if you went to church, you come back and tell us what happened in the church. If you don't remember, you'll be slapped. You know, my grandfather liked to slap a lot. I don't know why that power. And we grew up. Anybody grew up like that? Grew up in a house where you used to go to church. Come on. Anybody? Go? Oh wow. Sunday school. Huh? Yesu awoda yemi vengora. Yesu. You know anybody knows that? Oh, you, you didn't go to church. 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 I grew up Presbyterian. I was going to church. That makes you like a Jew. So God is not foreign to you. The concept of God is not new to you. I grew up believing that God is God who is in heaven, who is very angry with us. Coming to judge all of us and stands to Atemuda. Anybody remember Atemuda? Atemuda Ba. Are you me at all? Yes, who are, yes, who fear, yes, who are, yes, who are many now, we are born here, open, or better, or better, or you're born here, or rich, I would die. I grew up like that. If you don't have any Sunday school songs, I know where you are coming from, we will talk about that later. Oh, yeah, Bonnie, open, or better, or better, or you're born here, or You have to dramatize your song. Because for children, Greeks, so they are Jews, and I thank God. See, the, the, the challenge with the body of Christ today is that we don't appreciate where we have come from. You want to thank God, and not everybody even understood the concept of God like you had opportunity to, to understand. You, you have to appreciate, you have to understand that people are at different levels in their work with God. That, like the lady was saying last Sunday, said some, some have their tongue full. Some are in the middle, some are empty tank. And I don't know where you are starting from, but some of us started like that. 
you are Greek. The Jews, you are Jew. The Jews are those who know God. But even their concept of knowing God is all mixed up. And sometimes you think you know God, but you are now about to start. Anybody, anybody thought you knew God until you really got born again? The Jews. Then we have the Greek. Who are the Greek? The Greek were known to be scholars. People who after knowledge. The understanding of life was all about searching and searching and searching and searching for knowledge. And there are people who have come to church in search of knowledge. In search of understanding the concept of God. They may have the people that call the logicians. The people who only can only relate to God from the place of logic. If it makes sense logically, yeah, if it doesn't make sense, and if you can't prove it, don't talk about it. Greek, logician, smart people. And I thank God for all the smart people in the building. I thank God for all those people. Who, you know, can I get all the smart people in the building right now? You're not clapping because you know you are, you, you feel bad that, 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 that you, you find yourself in the category of the Greeks, but truly and truly you are Greek. You're looking at me, your empowerment look, everything you do must make sense. But sometimes the love of God is not so abroad in our mind, it's abroad in our heart. You've got to believe. Something you've got to believe even before you understand. You're clapping, it's going to hush right now. But they are Greeks. They are Greeks. People from the place of knowledge. You've been to school. You've studied. As you sit right now, you know that you don't love God, know that you don't want God, but you're actually struggling to understand the concept of the existence of God. You are Greek. I, I, I was talking to, I was talking to um, 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 a senior pastor of mine and said, Gideon, what we dealt with in our generation is not what you are dealing with. In our generation, we dealt with people who believe in spirituality a lot. In the generation we dealt with people who grew up, um, um, you, 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 somebody, there was, there's, a, there's, a, there's a study, there's a study, because people, there are people who are suggesting that the black man is not philosophical. And there's a study that, that suggests that the black man is very philosophical, but our philosophy is all embedded in spirituality. So if you want to engage the African philosophy, engage it for a place of spiritual things. Because we're born, we, you were born, and as soon as you were born, you're asking, they are checking who, whether it's your grandfather has come back or great grandfather, whether one not be Papa Ben you look like your grand. We are very spiritual people. Somebody dies, and we are checking what killed the person. Someone is dying, and the person has died. We are giving food and soap and water, and we're giving clothes that when you cross a certain water after death, the person was the person you are looking at me, you go to your house, let somebody die right now. You see that they put things in the coffin because he'll go. And cross, and when you meet, you have to pay some coin. And <laughs> I so, and so, 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 so Gideon, we dealt with spirituality. So our generation were spiritual, but their spirituality was off. So our assignment was to confront their spirituality with a high engagement of spirituality that will silence the conception of their wrong. But you deal with different generations. Your generation are people who are confused. They're actually questioning the existence of God. We have a people who think they have studied so much, so arrogant, so pompous, and they think that they think that they are so smart. Now the problem of our generation are uh, people who are not just they are not spiritual. They are actually asking, do you think God exists? <laughs> do you think and many parents don't know what your kids are struggling with is they are struggling with whether the role of God is even needed in their lives. That's why you don't know. 
And we deal with that. They are questioning God because they did not grow up spiritual. They grew up with signs, with phones, with, 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 with technology, with, with stuff that almost confronts the very existence of God. And that's what we are dealing with. Greeks. The Paul said, they are slaves. Those who are bound. That word suggests those who are limited, restricted, those who don't have the liberties as you have. Not everybody in the house of God has got the opportunity you have. There are people who are slaves. They are financial slaves. They are broke. They don't have anything. They are different levels. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you find yourself, but they are slaves in the church. There are people who are not privileged as you are privileged. There are people who don't have the kind of money and access and connections and freedom and liberty as you have. They are slaves in the church. There are people who are bound and restricted in health areas, in the areas of their, of their family, their finances. There are people who are, who are dealing with some level or dimension of slavery. You, you may call it more than this, but there's some kind of slavery going on in the house of God. Not everybody's like you. They are slaves or servants. Then Paul talks about the next group. He says they are free people. The word free there, the word free here, as used here, does not suggest freedom in Christ. Freedom as in liberty to do anything. I've dealt with many Christians today who are free beds. They are so free. Oh my God, they are so free. They don't care about anything. Oh my God. Whatever it is, go. Everything goes. Everything goes. What a generation we have today. We have a generation called non-binding. They are not male, female, brown, green, yellow. They are free. Be beer, you're okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm a preacher church right now. We have people who are confused in their mind. They are free. They live any life. They are free. They don't sleep. They don't wake up. They, they are just there. They don't. They, they do anything <laughs> free. And they've. But but Paul is talking about the diversity of our backgrounds. And you have to understand that when you become a Christian, you meet people with different backgrounds. Please look at someone and say, my background may not be your background, but tango for the blood. Can you clap and can you give God praise for the blood right now? Can you give God praise for the blood right now? My background may not be your background. I thank God for every diversity, every background, every story. But I tell you what, your story will make sense very soon. Your story will all fit in. Your story will all fit in in the bigger assignment and agenda of God for your life. If only you allow God to be God, you will even find out why God planted you here with all your story, with all your background, with all your I thank God for every culture, every tribe, every creed, every experience, every story. I thank God for a powerful, diverse church. Empowerment Worship Center is truly a church for everybody. I want to say everybody. I mean everybody. Paul says we have got different backgrounds, different story, but our story is necessary for what God has installed. Come on, give somebody a high five and tell the person your story is necessary for what God is planning to do. Come on, say your story is important. Your mistakes, your strength, your weakness is important. I want to celebrate God for a people who are coming from different walks of life. Don't you dare look down on anybody. Don't you dare push anybody down. Let's appreciate our diversity. There are Greeks, there are Jews, there are slaves, there are born 
own but there's a place for you in the house of God there's a seat for you in the house of God you've got a place hey 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 come on give someone a high five don't you push me out don't you try to judge me don't you dare look down on me there's a place for me is anybody clapping their hands right now come on go come on go come on go watch this that brings me to my next point when you understand we are diverse the next thing I appreciate is that everybody therefore is relevance everybody's what relevance diversity and then we understand relevance look at me church when we understand our diversity we must also appreciate that our diversity is important nobody is a nobody in the church everybody is a somebody in the house of god oh, you are not you are not you are not you are not here you are not here you are not here my, the food is not better than the hands the eyes not better than the ears the mouth is not better than the stomach everybody is important come on tell us you are important to me you are important to me and tell the person I'm not losing you I am not losing you you are relevant you are important you are critical your weakness is important I want to thank God even though the Bible said the that are weak, those that are strong must cover. We attach greater importance to our comely part, to our weakly part. Can't you understand in God's wisdom, the brain is so soft and so weak and so vulnerable. So God put a skull that is strong to cover the brain. That is not to say that the skull is important than the brain. God, without the brain, there's nobody. And yet the brain looks so weak. The fact that I may look, look, I may look weak does not mean I'm not needed or important. I may look weak, but I'm so needed. I'm so important. I'm so vital. I'm so critical. I belong here. God planted me here for a purpose. You're clapping. It's sick in that building right now. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. You sit down. You tell me. You see the brain. Stand up and put importance on the scar and say the skull is the hard part so I only respect the scar you are going to miss the brain because the scar is hard and that hardness is to cover the weak brain and yet that weak brain is what carries the body let me tell you something let me tell you something nobody in the house of God is not relevant everybody is relevant go to your house right now the church is like a house. I love how Paul put it. In a great house, there are many vessels. Some for honor, some for dishonor. Then it said, there are some who are gold, silver, and wood. If you go to a house right now, vessels in your kitchen, some are gold. Praise the Lord. Receive it. I said, some are gold. You're going to have gold plates and gold, gold calories and gold calories and, and some are silver and there are those who are hot. Wood. But don't you tell me that they are all not relevant. Some may be more expensive but it does not mean that the ones that were made by wood are also not important. I don't care what you are wearing. 
I don't care what makeup you have on. I don't care what you are. Don't you dare. Don't you dare define your relevance by what you are wearing. Define my relevance by the blood that saved me. Because if Christ taught it that I'm worth saving, then it means that he's failed that I'm important, I'm needed. How dare you say I'm not important when Jesus died for me because he knew I'm important. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. Oh, you're clapping. Oh, you're clapping. Watch this. Watch this. Everybody's important. Jesus will leave the 99 to go for the one. Not because he doesn't appreciate the 99, but because if you take one out of, one out of 100, it's not 100. Are you doing at all? Until we are all saved, until we are all okay, until we are all one, we can't sleep. You're not clapping your hands better. You see? You see? You see? Let us, let us not become so arrogant that when we lose one, we're like, only just one left. Bible says he leaves the 99. He leaves the 99. Why? Because the one is important. Hmm. You come to a house. The church is like a house. Now, if you walk, Michael, go out. Michael, go out. Go out. Go out. Go out. And then come in. Just come in. Go out and come in. Come in. Okay, so, so that's it. Stand there. Many of you, this is you in the house of God. You just walk into a church. If you go to somebody's house and walk into a compound, you haven't done anything. You are just in the compound. You haven't become part of anything. Are you me at all? You, 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 you haven't, you, 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 it doesn't mean you've eaten. Because everybody can walk into a compound of a house. And many of you, your walk with God is just you coming to the compound. You just, you just walk in. This is you. This you. Every Sunday, just walk in. And, 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 then, and, and, and then this you. You walk in. And thank God that you walk in, but walking is not enough. And, 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 and if you walk in, the fact that you walk in does not mean you are the whole. Because you walk in the compound. It's when you sit in the hall. That's where you begin to converse. Real conversation of circle happens in the hall. In the living area. Come and talk to me right now. Until, until I say, come in, sit down. You sit at the hall. We are not conversing. We are not connecting. Many of you just are just walking on the compound of the house of God. You are yet to sit down in a circle and begin to converse and engage. The house of God is like your house. You don't engage at the compound. You really engage when you sit in the circle. That's why the hall, the living area, oftentimes the chair will be like a circle. It will be something for people to be able to engage and surround and build. Don't you leave your walk with God just as walking in a building find yourself a circle be part of a body be part of a church be part of a living area get yourself a seat do you know that do you know that do you know that do you know that it is after when you have come to the the the, the hall pastor joseph that that you can go to the bedroom intimacy many of you have not even crossed the circle and you're asking for the bedroom that, 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 that's why your walk with God is so shallow. 
You are so shallow because all you got is a compound. And, and, and you have to, there are levels in God. Compound, hallways, living area, bedrooms, kitchen, storage. I don't know where you find yourself right now in the house of God. Maybe because you have to sit with me for me to show you the house. And when you sit with me, I'll show you where things are in the house. Everybody's important. I don't know where, you, where everyone's important. And that brings me to the third point. From, from relevance, we come to influence. Every part of the body is designed to influence you. I found out, I found out that I become a best pastor because you have influenced me. You have, you have no idea. You're, you're clapping the signals. You have no idea. You have no idea how every day I get to preach here and I thank God for opportunity. I thank God for indulging and enduring me because <laughs> because I'm not easy. I'm crazy like that. I'm 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 not all. But by the grace of God, you, you, you make me better. I, I become a better man of God, a better pastor. I build patience. I build long suffering. I know how to carry myself because you make me better. How dare me say I'm Gideon Danso? I don't need, no, I need somebody. Your life influences me. Let me tell you something. Every believer is called to influence some believer. And don't you look down on anybody. The story of other people can change your life. Last Sunday, now for those of you who were in church last Sunday, I think the greatest preach of last Sunday was not preached by me or by the special. It was preached by the two, the couple that stood in the middle and said, we've been married for 15 years and we are trusting God for a baby and we are still praying. The miracle has not happened yet, but together we sharpen, we empower, we revive. That is a story for the ordinary people. It means that you are not serving God alone. You are not believing the Lord. You are not trusting the Lord. There are equally other people who are believing but they are trusting. Who are praying and worshiping and they still are believing for a miracle. Can you thank God for other believers whose stories, whose life, whose dedication and experience influence your life to my prayer for you today is that we understand that God called us to influence each other. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. Every part of the body is useful. Please hold some of the hand. Face face it. You are useful. And I need about I need about six guys. Come up. Six guys. Say, tell somebody you are useful. No, if you don't say it louder, you, I'm, I'm the teacher for this class. By the grace of God. Whether you clap your hands or not, watch this and be in a line. Please come up here. Stand behind me and be in a line. Just, no, just stand behind, just here. Here, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Watch it. Appreciate each other's power. Simply means everyone is needed. There's nothing like I'm good for myself. Members are interdependent. We learn and draw strength. And we share power with each other. The, the hand needs the legs in order to accomplish each role. The ears needs the eye. And mouth needs the nose. Everyone depends on each other. This is why we care for one another. Because caring for one another 
increases our longevity. That's why you could not be jealous at what God is doing in that person's life. Because that God did it for somebody suggests that God is in the area. And if in the area, it will rub up me, it will fall on me, it will connect on me. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. I see you in a new car. I know new cars are in the building. I see you in favor. I know favor is in building. Anybody thanking God for the influence? It's an influence. As iron shopping, iron sword to a man, shopping the countenance of his friend. I need 10 people in the building who are going to be revived by each other. Please hold somebody's hand and shake the person right now. Shake yourself right now. Shake your bind timidity. I bind laziness. I bind discouragement. I bind fatigue. I bind every attempt by the enemy to push you down. Can we revive each other? Restore each other? And shepherd each other? This is who we are. Clap on and shout and give God your loud and shout of prayer. Come on, God. We are called to influence. have a story to share and if only you connected with me my story can revive you the challenge pastor joseph with fathers is that we are fathers who are not telling the sons the stories gideon defined god as only the great times if god be for us where are the signs and the wonders our fathers told so the fathers told them that if god is with you you see signs and wonders but abraham must tell isaac that before i gave birth to you I was barren and I trusted God. And you came. So when you go to barrens, it does not mean God's not with you. Trust God as I trusted. We need fathers who can give us a balance. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. Often time when we come to church, this is where we are. Now you can come here. Come, come in front of you. Thank you. Often time when we come to church, church service, we sit in rows. Church service, when you come to service, when you walk in and you sit down, we sit in rows. Every Sunday service, as we are seated, is for rules. What do I mean by rules? I'm sharing with you your role in God. So I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm sharing with you what role that you can play in the house of God. It doesn't mean you've played it. I've only said with you, your, that's why we sit in rules. For rule. When you come to church and you sit in rules, you're only listening to your role in God. What you are expected to do. What's your role? And that's how it is. That's why sitting like this in lines is not enough. How do we practice the rule? We come, do a circle. That's how we practice the role. Now we move from roles to engaging, to connecting, to holding each other. So a shift from what we are told to do to now doing it. It is not enough to come to church and sit in a role. How do you put the role in practice? By connecting with each other in it. Now they're engaging to practice what they were told to do. Now the challenge then happens. When one leaves a circle, what do we do? Instead of us to restore him, what do we do? 
we stretch to cover up. We are not called. See, there are certain things we are trying to do. God never intended for us to do. If only we could pick up the person that God lost. See, we are stretching to become something we are not. When all we need to do is instead of filling in this guy by ourselves, we find this guy to come back and fit in his role so that it becomes a flow and a realm. We are not called to replace. We are called to restore. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're sick in the house right now I found out I found out Pastor Joseph I found out that, that, that when the bone is broken when a bone is broken when a bone is broken the greatest thing to do is to restore it but often time when one is broken when one is broken we don't find a way to restore him. What do we do? We find a way to replace him. Putting a metal in your body is not the same as getting your bones to heal back. And oftentimes, it's of us to find ways for the bone that was broken to get healed back. What do we do? That we find a way to replace the bone that was broken with the metal. With the metal. But bones and metals are not the same. We are not called to replace each other. We are called to restore. When the bone is broken, when someone is hurting, when somebody falls back, we are called to pursue, to chase, to get them restored. Anybody coming to God for restoration right now? Anybody that any soul, any member, anyone that gets dropped off, we are going to look for him. We are not going to find a way to stress ourselves to fix this. God never called us to carry a burden that was designed for another person. A calling. A grace. We are called to restore and not to replace. We are called to complement and not to compete. We have a generation that never speak kind words. A very angry generation. I was talking to my brother Michael and I said, Michael, you are young and you are in this generation but find yourself a flow because I found out this generation is very angry. I believe a part of it is the technology and the phone and everything we see being robotic, everything, fight, fight, fight. So we approach life with the fight. It's like, yeah, very angry. You can't even talk to them. Once you descend with them, it's insult. Go to social media and see anything they see is insult. And I'm not for any bad, I'm not here for any bad leadership, that's what I'm saying. But if all you got is insult everybody, you are, because you cannot become, you, you can't become what you hate. If you hate leadership so much, you cannot become an example. There's a way we can use our kind words to make people become who we want them to become. I tell you what. Look at look at look. What I'm preaching, I'm not I'm not preaching so, so, preach, I'm not preaching social media, I'm preaching the Bible. We can use our mouth, our mouth to make somebody become what God wants a person to become by the confession of our mouth. It's an angry generation. No compliment, no nice thing. They hide behind the phone, they hide behind the internet, and everything. You, you, and you go and read comments of people. Go and read a post and comment. Every, it's like, what a generation. What an angry generation. What a robotic generation. What a generation of pain and angry. And as much as stuff have happened that I would say, maybe not fair, not great enough. Maybe 
not, not good example. Maybe we feel disadvantaged and there's some element of truth in it. And I believe that. Mind you, we are all in this country. We all live in this world. But I tell you, you are better than the way you are talking. You are better than being a bitter, angry, insulting. We are called to compliment. Compliment. Don't let the culture of the world, let the culture of God. In our culture of God, we speak kind words. We learn to say, we compliment each other. So you brought that culture to church. You never open your mouth to say, I, 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 people come to me every day and they never, they are in service and all the good things happening, they won't talk about, let one bad thing happen and that's what they talk about. They've been raised to believe, to attack everything. That's not who you are. You have a God culture. Your culture is speaking kind words. Being gracious. Being nice. Can you just look at a believer today and tell the person, you look so good. You, you, look, so, you, look, so, you look so amazing. You, you look so well. Can we be kind right now? Can, we, can, we say, can you say something nice to somebody? Can you just say something nice? Can you, can you speak some kind words? Can you, can you love on somebody? Can, can you tell someone, you are good. You, you are blessed. You, you are favored. God, hands upon you. Can, can we be kind? We are called to compliments. Compliments. The devil come to say, Prof, the message was good today. Come on, buddy. Come on, Prof. Oh, such a good message. You bless me. No, no, Prof. I need a breakthrough. I need it. No, no, that doesn't work like that. Learn to compliment people. Let your words be gracious. Let your words encourage somebody. If they do good, thank God for them. If they do great, celebrate them. If you are expecting them to get to 90 or 100 and they make a step of 10, thank God for 10. And after celebrate 10, the 20 will come, the 30 will come, the 50, the 100. Can we thank God? Can we bless God? Can we give God praise right now? Can we dare not to replace, but to restore, not to compete, but to compliment, not, not, not to fight, but stand in the gap for everybody. You're clapping, you're clapping, you're clapping. You're clapping. God bless you and God keep you. I finished with this. You are in a circle today and I'm sure this message for all those new circles we said. In that circle, you'll find out people who are not your level. Maybe they are slaves. Maybe they are free. Maybe they are Greek. Maybe they are Jews. But God planted them for a purpose. Somebody walked to me and said, Prof, the circle you gave me are all students. And I said, you know why? God wants you to be an example for them. Go on with the example for them because we need, we need a generation that must be impacted by good people. And thank God you are good and you are called to influence them and to bless their life. Whatever connection you have to the weak, to the strong, be a blessing and God. If you got away, you can clap your hands better and give God a praise right now. Do my step in and tell somebody, I'm so glad we are connected. Come on, say it right now. Come on. Come on, say it right now. Come on, say it right now. I'm so glad we are connected. I'm so blessed. We, we, our focus not to compete, but to compliment our assignment shouldn't be to remove, but to relate. Our goal is not to replace, but to restore. A lot of young people, and by God's grace, I'm young and I've seen it and I can say a lot of young people are very angry because they believe that the generation ahead is the reason why they are where they are. I tell you what, the fact that they are not there does not mean you can fit in. 
Prepare yourself for what you are praying for. And don't be angry with nobody. Build yourself. We believe you can change this country. We believe that God can shift our destiny. We believe that God, because when it gets your turn, it will make a difference and an impact. You're clapping. I refuse. No. 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 Lift our hands to the Father. Say, Father. In fact, let's hold hands first. Let's hold hands first. You know something? No. Guys, come. Let me, let me, do, let me do one. Let me do one, one, one more. Just come, come. And come, come. See this. In fact, no. I actually need just two. Please, just two. You see? This church. This. Okay. So when I preach to you, I preach this way. Okay. That's when I'm giving you your role. Hold hands. That's a connection. That's a connection. That's good connection. That's good connection. But this connection is even mightier. The power, the power is not in rows. The power is in circles. Because when you hold circles, you face each other and the connection is stronger. Can you hold the circle right now? Come on, hold the circle right now. Hold the circle. Begin to just pray for the person right now. Come on, come on. You can be in circles of five or twos or three. What do I just be in a circle? Come on, open. Begin to just hold the hands and pray right now. Let's connect better. Let's not connect in row. Let's connect in circles. Come on, begin to pray for the family right now. Pray for the person who sends this prayer that God will help them. That will stay in the circle. That will build together, flow together, circle. Come on, open your mouth and pray right now. Rakabusa. I can't hear you pray. Likabasukita. Labana kutana makataya. Oh, I can't hear you pray. Just pray. That, that, that power will move from one to another. That, there will be infusion. That will be connection. That will be power. Supernatural grace. Come on, pray right now. Kiriya nakusa. the synergy there's a flow whenever there's a flow there's abundance synergy is a product of connections and connections will produce flow and from flow we have abundance in the name of Jesus let me just say this to you let me say this anybody get water in your house anyone has got a pipe in your house can I see my hands you got a pipe water flow in your house water don't flow in your house let me see about those who don't get water in your house you're also important I need to do something you, go and, you, you are in a crisis you go you still pick up a bucket to go and fetch water no, nobody like that so do we all have water flow in our house can I see my hands? Water flows in your house. Do you think that the water just the water, the water just ended up in your house? No. Maybe the water came from wager somewhere. But there are pipes and taps and connections and big holes and connections and connection. And the connection is what pulled the water from wager to your house. Without a connection, there's no flow. Anything that flows. It's a product of a connection. And wherever there's a connection, there's 
a flow and what is a flow there's abundance synergy comes when we connect we flow and produce abundance may God help you to connect that will produce a flow will you smile and tell somebody you are my connection today you are my connection you are my connection in prayer come on you are my connection in the spirit you are my connection there's a flow can you sense a flow right now can you see the tap flowing right now can you see the water flowing right now can you sense abundance right now I hear the sound of abundance array It's from the Greek word synagogue, which means working together. There can never be synergy without the connection of working together. And wherever there's a connection working together, there's a flow. And wherever there's a flow, abundance is inevitable. Lack is a problem of lack of connections. God never said to Adam, be fruitful alone. It was when Eve came and said, the two of you, your connection, you be fruitful. Our productivity is in our connection. You have no idea the person you are standing next to and what God has in stock for your life through that person. May God bless you and make you great. So please take your seat. Thank you for listening to the sermon on God Culture by Gideon Danso. We hope this message has blessed you. Connect with Gideon Danso on any social media platform at Gideon Danso underscore on Instagram, on Facebook, Gideon Danso, and on YouTube, it's Empowerment Worship Center. You can join us in person for any of our Sunday family services, 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m. We promise you a worship-filled atmosphere that will bless you and your family.